1: The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Final hour of the final show of the week for the Bruce Hooley Show. Hope you have a great weekend. If the rain stopped yet, man, nasty rain out. Now now we get the humidity, get the 90-degree temperatures, but I'll take that over rain. Can't uh, get anything done outside if it's raining, and apparently we're going to have a couple days of humidity, and then it's going to get nice again. Had a pretty good week up until the rains came in, so looking forward to a great weekend. Hope you are as well. You can email the show, Bruce dot com. Our number is 844-TALK-989, 844-TALK-989. Uh, to recap the top story from the 11 o'clock hour, if you have a student graduating, I have one graduating, but she's not going to Ohio State because you know she has she's smart; she makes good choices. Nah, it's kind of that's a shot. I, they're my alma mater. I can say it. I'd never send a kid there now, given what that university is. It is a bastion of uh, liberal groupthink uh, under the direction of Christina Johnson, uh, the first lesbian president of Ohio State. So, you know, the president is uh, a lesbian, you know where the board sits, and you know that that's what you're getting. So, yesterday the Board of Trustees at Ohio State unanimously voted to increase tuition and fees. They say by 4.6%, the academic raise will be $549. They're doing the same increase on the dining and housing side. So, if you're sending your high school graduate to Ohio State next year, you're going to pay $1,163 more if they live on campus and are a full-time student than students who are freshmen paid this past year. Now, your tuition, they say, will not go up during four years. They are part of some, you know, cost-freezing effort. But the branch campus costs also going up, it will cost you $9,000 for academic fees at a branch campus. Uh, I noted that when I was a freshman at Ohio State in the fall of 1978, My academic fees were $286 a quarter as a full-time student, less than $900 a year. Academic fees at Ohio State for an in-state student next year will be $12,500. $12,500. That's more than a 1,200% increase in academic fees. They still are building buildings uh, as fast as the architects can draw them up. And they're just, just weak. They doled out a couple million more dollars to football coach Ryan Day and a half a million more to basketball coach Chris Holton.
0: But are there's architects graduates of the Ohio State I, University?
1: I do, do not know if the architects are graduates of Ohio State. I, <laughs> somebody's working overtime over there because every time I drive on that campus, there's a new building either that wasn't there the last time or is under construction. I mean, It might be a crane shortage in central Ohio because Ohio State has all of them on campus. Columbus City Schools are putting a 4.7 mil levy on the ballot. They want $680 million to build two new high schools, a new junior high, and two new elementary schools. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Which, which one of the board members you think drew the short straw of being the head of the levy campaign? Whoever it is, uh, they clearly don't like them. Because, man, you talk about doomed to failure. Doomed to failure. That bad boy is doomed to failure with prices where uh, prices being where they are. Uh, what about our Ohio Statehouse? Are they on the case for good things? A mm, couple. A couple are good. They could do a lot better. They could get House Bill 616 through, enact the parents' rights and education bill that they got through in Florida because Ron DeSantis is amazing and he understands how to cancel leftist agenda items. Ohio, we can copy it. We can propose it. We won't give it a reading in either house. We won't vote on it. We'll just let it sit there until after the midterms. Uh, Backpack bill. They're being disingenuous with you on the backpack bill, by the way. I know a lot of you out there who are homeschool parents like I am, private school parents like I am. You're hoping the backpack bill goes through. And, hey, my tuition will go down because my kid will have, like, you know, 40, was it $4,500, I think, to take with them wherever they go. I can apply, there's no income limits anymore. Right now, right now the, what do they call it? The uh, uh, There's some program where if you make less than two and a half times the poverty limit as a family in the state of Ohio, basically the cutoff is $70,000. If your family makes more than $70,000, you're not eligible for this income-based reimbursement for going to private school or a charter school but if you make less than 70,000 as a family or make 35,000 or less as a single parent then you can get your kid can get 4,500 taken off tuition and in some schools if you're under a certain income level they can't charge you any more than that. Some schools, you got to pay the difference, but some schools can't pay any more than that. Well, the, the NEA and the OEA hate this. The teachers' unions hate this because they don't want to see homeschooling totals go up, and they don't want to see charter school and private school totals go up because if it does, then that's less jobs for their teachers. I get it. And let me just say, there are some really good teachers and coaches out there. I'm fortunate that I get to network with a lot of teachers and a lot of coaches who are really, really good at what they do at public high schools. There's some amazing coaches out there who also teach and work very hard, and I I dearly love them, and I hate it when I'm put in a position here on the show to have to talk in general terms about public schools, because what I say about public schools generally applies, but it does not specifically apply to all teachers. So I got to say that caveat, but Ohio General Assembly, they could do something with the backpack bill, I'll tell you what they're doing with it. They're fundraising off of it. They're they're being disingenuous with parents that the backpack bill is something that, hey, if you give us money, we'll get this in, and by this fall, you'll get that reimbursement. Mm-mm, no way. Not going to happen. Won't happen before next summer. So if they're begging you to give them money to advocate for the backpack bill, do it if you want to. But the question that I would ask is, well, how soon are we going to get the backpack bill? You show me you're intentional about it, Bill Seitz, Matt Huffman, leaders of the House and of the Ohio Senate. You show me you're really intentional about getting it done, and then maybe I'll reach into my pocket and give you a little bit of money for your lobbying efforts. But if you're just using the if-come promise of the backpack bill to get money out of my pockets, no, not going to do that. That's just my own personal view on it. So, you know, it'd be great in that scenario. If we get the backpack bill, then ed choice would apply to every person. You would not have the income levels. So there are things they could do: the Protect Women's Sports Act. They could get that through. They could get the backpack bill through. They could get House Bill six sixteen through, which would prevent these nut job libs from indoctrinating our kindergarten, first, second, and third graders in sexual orientation and gender ideology in the state of Ohio. Since you have the template of the Parents' Rights and Education Bill, which stops that nonsense, that evil, nefarious, purposeful indoctrination of kids on sexual matters long before they're emotionally or psychologically equipped or cognitively equipped to handle it, since we have Florida's bill as a template, why in Ohio are we not saying, no, 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 We're not going to limit it to third graders. You can't even begin to approach those topics until kids are at least in junior high school, at least in junior high school. There's no need to, to even begin to approach any kind of sex education with kids until they're going through puberty or on the cusp of puberty. Okay, so that's what they're not doing. House Bill 616, the backpack bill, the Protect Women's Sports Act. But here's what they are doing. Here's what they are doing. A constitutional amendment is working its way through the GA, the General Assembly, that could juice up Republican voting turnout this fall. What would that bill be? It would do something that, you know, we shouldn't need a law that makes voting something that only U.S. citizens can do. But when you have whacked liberal bastion municipalities like Yellow Springs trying to give non-citizens the right to vote, and if not for being crushed, quashed by Secretary of State Frank LaRose, we would have non-citizens voting. Sorry. If you go through legal channels and become a citizen, then you get the right to vote, which comes with being a citizen. We're not going to give it to you. Is because you illegally found your way in here. And then the other bill they're working on, House Bill 454, would prohibit physicians and healthcare professionals from providing gender transition procedures to any person under 18 years of age. So no top surgery, no puberty blockers, no chemical castration. Again, that is just normal common sense. Until you're of age to make decisions about your future, you should not be making decisions that could have drastic impact on you. I understand why kids gravitate toward the gender dysphoria thing, because at the ages that they are, when they're in junior high and high school, the affirmation dopamine part of their brain that responds to people affirming their choices is overdeveloped. It's overdeveloped because the reason part of their brain is not fully developed until they're age 25. That's the science of human brain development. So if their reason part of their brain is not developed until 25, what are we doing giving them the opportunity to get the affirmation of transitioning and allowing them to do that at those ages? It was one week ago today we had the great Andrew Claven on the show. Andrew Claven will be at Stage Right Theatrics presentation of his play, The Uncanny, Saturday night at the Abbey Theatre in Dublin. Go to stagert.org to buy tickets. I heard my friend Robert Cooperman talking about that in the break. I love talking to Robert Cooperman. I may take that in on Saturday night when Andrew Claven is there. I'd love to meet Andrew Claven. Uh, right now, what I'd like to do is I'd like to talk to Paul, who has called in from Columbus. The number is 844-TALK-989. Hello, Paul. Welcome to the Bruce Hooley Show.
0: Yeah, uh, I was just telling your guy, if you're indoctrinating children, okay, in, the, in the, some type of sexual discussion at an elementary school, mm-hmm. you should be, pro- you should be pro- a felony, okay? Your teaching certificate should be taken away.
1: I would be fine with that, Paul. I would be fine with that. Yeah. I would be fine with parents who are all in on transitioning their kid. I would be all in on them getting a visit from Children's Services and being investigated for child endangerment. Oh, such extremism. Um, well, I think what you're doing is extreme. <laughs> I think what you're doing is beyond extreme. Uh, Paul, there is no if to it. Here is a teacher talking about the pride flag in her classroom.
0: I'm a teacher in a very conservative state. So sometimes students ask me, why do I have that pride flag? And to me, that's the most important part of my classroom. I'm not LGBTQ. I'm totally straight, married to a man. But I need my students to know that they are safe and they are loved here without making a big deal about it without having like a big conversation so by having just that teeny little flag at the front of my room i can communicate to them that i support them and that this is a safe place for them where they can focus on learning and that means everything to me and if a student has a problem with it then they can find a different teacher
1: how about if you have a problem with not being allowed to fly a pride flight, you find a different school How about that? You know, I hate to go wokester myself on you, but to quote from the uh, movie Parental Guidance, why doesn't she use her words, Alan? Why doesn't she just tell her students that they are loved and valued there? Why does she need a pride flag to do that? I wouldn't feel loved and valued by a pride flag. I'd feel loved and valued by an American flag. I'd be like, hey, my teacher's really cool. She's honoring my father's service in World War II. She's honoring first responders. She's honoring firemen. She's honoring Iraq war veterans. That's what would make me feel val- do we do I need a flag in a school classroom to feel like I can learn there and that i'm not under siege do I need a flag for every single solitary cause that I uphold
0: how does she know they don't feel safe how do I
1: that would make me feel unsafe in that room like what kind of weirdo are you lady let's uh dave might be uh, uh be able to shed some light on this he says his wife is a teacher, uh, unless Dave wants to say where, I will not say where because I don't want to put anybody in jeopardy, but I'm looking forward to talking to Dave next on the Bruce Hooley Show. Hi, Dave.
0: Hey, how are you? Good. Uh, So, yeah, she, and I'll say it because I have First Amendment rights, but that teacher with her pride flag, she should be flying or have an American flag in there so everybody knows that they're safe. Yeah. And they all have rights. And it's just asinine. But anyway, um... My wife teaches over in Hilliard City Schools, and she spent the entire year being indoctrinated with DEI uh, coursework, Mm -hmm. where she had to lead presentations on a book that they all had to read, but in some of the instances, they were given a script by the Hilliard City School Board, and what they were supposed to produce, what they were supposed to say, literally typed out a script on what they were supposed to say, but the whole reason I originally called was you were talking about good and bad teachers. And I'll give you an example. My wife just had a, a meeting this week where Hilliard city schools is transitioning um, ninth graders into biology instead of physical science. And they're dropping physical science down to eighth grade. So that means all these physical science teachers in their high schools now have to know how to teach biology. And my wife And a couple others have now been tasked with an additional class. So now they have three preps that they have to prepare each of these kids for. So now she's going to have 150 kids every day for the whole school year while there are teachers in in that school system, in her school, that have one prep and they don't want to give those teachers another class because they're not good teachers. So the good ones, while rising to the top and doing their job, are being basically punished and overworked and burned out.
1: Well, we've talked before, Dave, about the Hilliard City Schools, and let me see. There's so many things that we've talked about with Hilliard City Schools that I'm sure I will forget one on the checklist. I believe the first time they came to my attention was when they had an LGBTQ advocate go to the administration and say, hey, the city of Hilliard is considering a pro-LGBTQ referendum. How about if we get students from our school to write letters advocating for this policy from Hilliard City Schools? Yes, they wanted to enlist their students to become lobbyists for LGBTQ policies. And so they did it for a day, and then we called them out on it, and then they stopped it, okay? Uh, I do forget everything at Hilliard City Schools, but uh, one of the things at Hilliard City Schools I know was the Kaleidoscope Youth Center training where they had Amanda, a an up-talker, Amanda who, like, ends every sentence with going up, and she explained that teachers may not understand transgender transition, but believe me— 12 year olds understand it perfectly 12 year olds you teachers you got degrees you don't understand it but 12 year olds 12 year olds which I used to have a 12 year old a year ago now she's 13 I told her that hey do you have it all figured out sexually not a comfortable conversation to have with a 12 year old she's like no dad no 12 year old has it all figured out thankfully I'm glad mine does not And then, let me see, what else, what else, what else in Hilliard? Oh, oh, somebody issued uh, a concerned citizen wanted to know about the effectiveness of social-emotional learning. If it's effective, right, the number of disciplinary incidents would be going down in Hilliard, right? So they asked for the data for five years, just the raw data. How many incidents before, how many incidents since you started teaching it? And the smart people at Hilliard City Schools, because they're, they're so smart in administrative offices there, Released, not the raw data. They released every single, every single disciplinary incident, the charge, the dispensation of the incident, with the child's name attached. So this is why you heard earlier the Olin tangy parent mad about the data security because it's not secure in most systems